Malcolm. If you're looking to unlock the secrets of the mind, to live a life that's free of care and anxiety, and to be the happiest you that you can be, then you're in the right place. This is Growing the Good, the Mindful Podcast. Hello and welcome to Growing the Good, the Mindful Podcast, with me, your host, Neil West, and I'm joined today by my good friend and co-host, Hayley Kearns. Hi Hayley, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Feeling very refreshed after my haircut. You, your, your hair is <laughs> lovely and I have complimented you on the loveliness of your hair. Not that it isn't always lovely, of course, it's just particularly lovely at this time. Thank you very much. <clears throat> right, okay, so, so Hayley, tell me, what do you know about the Toltecs? Oh, now the Toltecs, um, I think precisely nothing. Precisely nothing yeah. is a good answer. And in yeah. fact, actually, very few people know anything about the Toltecs. So that is the good, that's the right answer, if you oh, will. Um, the reason we know about the Toltecs is because they were the civilization who preceded the Aztecs. Do you know okay. a bit about the Aztecs? Yes, I'm, yeah, I've heard of the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. So the Aztecs, the Mexican mm-hmm. civilization, and they wrote about the Toltecs as being the peoples who went before them. Okay. In a little way that the, um, the Romans might consider the Greeks the fathers of their civilization, okay. you know, that Roman civilization emerged from kind of Greek traditions. Um, and they actually talked about the Toltecs as being the artisans. It's kind of what the Toltecs means, you know, they were the artisans. And I think it's a little bit like we might look back with nostalgia on the arts and crafts movements, mm. you know, sort of William Morris. Uh, only if William Morris was um, a bit more Hannibal Lecter oh. <laughs> and liked to toss his human hearts to the jackals with some fava beans and a nice bottle of Chianti. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so that's the tall, so the Toltecs. We are not really aware of them through direct historical accounts. We trust the Aztecs in terms of they tell us about their history. So okay. that's why. You don't know much about no. Toltecs. Um, however, we do know a little bit about Toltec mythology. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about two Toltec gods. They are Texas Tecatl and Nanawatsin. Yes, <laughs> oh, that's Texas Tecatl and Nanawatsin. It works well in a Wigan accent. Okay. Um, so you have to imagine that the gods had got together a number of times and tried to create a world. And each time it had failed and they'd had to destroy it and start again. And they were on the fifth attempt. So the gods in the darkness are gathered together to decide who was going to create a sun for the new world. Um, and it was decided that Texisticatl, that's Texisticatl, uh, was going to be the god who was given the honour of becoming the sun for the new world. Um, so Texisticatl, dressed in iridescent hummingbird feathers and jewels of gold and turquoise, arrived for the gig, ready to be the sun for the new world uh, and said to the other gods okay guys what, what what do you need me to do how does this work and they said that's fine all you have to do is jump in that big fire and demoliate yourself ah mm-hmm. <laughs> said takes this to cattle looking at his fine yeah. feathers and so on not quite so sure now that this was a good idea so he had a couple of runs up at the fire ready to jump in but each time he sort of backed off 
um, and his, his, his courage his nerve failed him but then another god called Nanawatsin arrived and Nanawatsin was the least popular of the gods he was the most humble his body was disfigured he walked with difficulty his he, he was covered in in unpleasant open sores um, the suggestion was actually he was the god of syphilis oh nice <laughs> so you can imagine very yeah. popular yeah. guy <laughs> in the gatherings of the gods so all the other gods looked very disapprovingly at Nanawatsin who kind of shuffled past all the other the gods and shuffled past Texas to cattle uh, in his humble robes and jumped into the fire and burned himself alive and was reborn instantly as the son of the new world. Okay. Now this didn't please Texas to cattle at all who was now kind of humiliated in front of the other gods so he jumped in after him and at this point there were then two sons and you couldn't have two sons in the same sky and the other gods who were quite snobbish weren't very happy that a, a humble god like Nanawatsin had managed to get in and take the honour of being the new son so one of them picked up a rabbit and he threw it at Texas to cattle and it struck him and he became the moon and the so he would always be kind of humbled in front of the sun you know like second yeah. um, but on the surface of the moon you can still see the shape of the rabbit where it was thrown at Texas to cattle by the other gods um, so it's a story that kind of tells us about humility, I suppose, and that, you know, courage might fail, but determination and humility will, will always succeed. Mm. Nice stories now, apart from the sores and yeah. the suggestion of syphilis and so on. But, you know, yeah, but then somebody's going to run that gig. Yeah, but he, he upped his game. He was, he was reborn as the, yeah. as the son in the new world. Um, so I share that with you. And the reason that I came across this was because I um, looked at a book uh, called The Four Agreements. Um, it's a self-help book by an author called Don Miguel Ruiz. And the book offers a code of conduct claiming to be based on ancient Toltec wisdom. And it struck me that the concepts put forward by the Toltecs had a lot of parallels with the kind of lessons, teachings um, of mindfulness. So I thought I would pitch them to you and see if you can see those parallels. Okay. okay. So there are, there are four of these agreements. And the first is be impeccable with your words. So in other words, speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. I thought, does that yeah, ring? That, yeah, you know, that what do we say in mindfulness about yeah, kind of loving speech? It is. It's about you know, you, your words have words have power, don't they? So yeah, mm -hmm. you should always be yeah thinking about what you're saying. And again, the the bit that struck me was that the way that you speak to yourself, because that kind of that inner we talk, don't we, about your mm. negative bias and that negative inner voice that is often that kind of loving yeah. speech to ourselves. Yeah. So that kind of. That's definitely a part of mindfulness. And uh -huh. Yeah. Because I remember when we started out on this journey and I was inspired a lot by Thich Nhat Hanh and I thought this was one of Thich Nhat Hanh's teachings about only, you know, um, saying things which are kind, helpful and true. Mm. But then when we did the um, workshop, the programme recently, um, where we talked about your inner demon, and it was actually Aristotle who came up with mm. that. Aristotle's students would come to him in the street and say, have you heard? And they would start to tell him some salacious gossip. And he would stop them and say, before you tell me this, put it through these three sieves. Is it kind? Is it helpful? And is it true? And if it doesn't fit all of those tests, don't say mm. it. 
So I thought, well, that that kind of chimed with me on that. Yeah, it is, because I would say to the children at school, is it helpful or is it hurtful? Uh, You know, when they come and tie you some tail. mm -hmm. Yeah, because most, nobody tells you something if they don't think it's true. No. But that doesn't make it necessarily helpful or kind. It's the reason that they're telling you, isn't it? So So you would agree, be impeccable with your word, that's a mindful principle. Mm, I like that word, impeccable. Impeccable. Mm. At my head. (laughs) (laughs) right number two is don't take anything personally okay so nothing others do is because of you what others say and do is a projection of their own reality their own dream when you are immune to the opinions and actions of others you won't be the victim of needless suffering so what do you think does that pass the mindfulness test yeah it's a bit like this the second arrow kind of thing isn't Mm -hmm. it but i mean it's very difficult, isn't it, not to take any. Go on, next, tell me about the second arrow. So we always say, don't we, that if somebody says something unkind to you, the first time they say it, that's, that's hurt. hurtful. And they've hurt you because they've kind of fired the first arrow, if you like. Mm-hmm. But then if you then dwell on that or then tell okay, somebody else, something, yeah, yeah. then that those second arrows or third arrows, it's you that's hurt it's yourself. You because you're, yeah, so it, it kind of fits with that, doesn't it? Yeah. I would say. Um, do you think it also fits in with the, when we talk about mind reading? You know, this that mm-hmm. I, I look at someone perhaps and, and read things into their expression or behaviour or the fact they didn't smile or didn't speak to me, and I, I put layers of meaning on there that don't exist. They're, yeah. they're, they're created by my own mind. Yeah, definitely. And it's when you, you say, um, like the children say, oh, she was giving me a funny look. I'm like, you don't know. Do yeah, you? she's always looking at me yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah, and I always remember, like, when I was doing some training with one of my other colleagues, and she came to watch the training as a bit of a QA thing, and she was sat at the front, and I really thought, oh, I'm clearly doing wrong here. So then I, and I was kind of really worried because she looked really like, like she was glaring at me. And then afterwards, I spoke to her, and she was saying, and I said, oh, what was it? And she was, what are you talking about? That's my concentrating face. Yeah. Yeah. But then it is, and you do kind of, it's natural, I suppose, isn't mm. it? Because we are, as human beings, we do, we are so much more than what we say, aren't we? Your, your, your facial expressions mm. and your, your body language is so important. But again, it's really important not if, to. If I use the phrase, one of my managers, let's make it <laughs> yeah. get harder for the identification of the individual, <laughs> uh, one of my managers has a habit of saying, What's wrong? You've got that face on again. <laughs> what face? So yes, we're 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 all guilty of that kind of mind reading yeah. and reading things in into things that aren't there necessarily. Uh, so don't take anything personally. You think that's a, a mindful principle? Yeah, I think so. Yes, I with just, an if, yeah. but with a push. It's that personally bit. I think it's like because we. Everything just is, isn't it? It's not. Everything just is. And there's a, I mean, we are all on our journey of mindfulness, but if you reach an ultimate destination of mindfulness, then you kind of deny self entirely, don't mm. you? There is no me. Yeah, I, think I can't what's... take anything personally because there is no me to take things yeah, personally. There's only us, we, this greater reality that we're all part of. So when you fully understand and appreciate your place in the universe, you can't take anything personally. Mm. But at the moment, as we're still on the journey, we'll accept yeah, it. Yeah, look at the face. <laughs> okay. Um, number three, the third of these four agreements is don't make assumptions. 
So this is perhaps similar in a way. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstanding, sadness and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. So don't make assumptions. Well, it is a little bit like, you know, trying to keep your mind in the present moment, isn't it? Because if you're making assumptions, you kind of thinking about what things that aren't real yeah Yeah, what might happen what may have happened in the past what might be happening now but isn't real yeah Mm. so you're creating those stories again with your own mind um reminding me a bit of the full teacup you know that we Mm. try and we we all come with a schema we all come with these fixed ideas that we build from the moment we're born and open our eyes we start to put layers around ourselves like the layers of an onion skin about how we see the world um, beginner's mind, empty teacup, you know, empty vessel is, is, is stripping away that and trying to get back to the authentic person that you were the moment you were born. Completely open to things, free of judgment. So I think it's that free of judgment in this that makes me yeah, think it's a yeah, mindful principle. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's that, mm. yeah, not adding your preconceived ideas about things. Mm. Which is, is natural, isn't it, to do people? It's a very human thing to mm. do. Um, because our human brains tell us that story all the time um, and they fill in the gaps for us, don't they? And mm. Usually it's a negative way of thinking because we know that's how our human brains develops. Mm. Okay. okay, so mm. that's three out of three. Three out of three, doing well. Yeah. Uh, or two and a half, maybe. We have to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, number four is always do your best. So you didn't know the Boy Scouts were yeah. uh, told secular origin. <laughs> Always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to when you're sick. Under any circumstances, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse and regret. So do you think mm. it's a mindful principle to always do your best? I don't, um, I don't like the word best. That's because it's... I suppose you always try to be, to do the right thing in each situation, don't you? Mm-hmm. Your best gives me connotations of beating other people, which is totally not. Like, or that you're not good enough already. Yeah. And we do, mindfulness tells us, mm. you know, you already are everything that you need to be. Yeah. You just need to realise that and appreciate it and, and, yeah. and open your mind to those possibilities. You don't need to change or be anything different to what you are right now in this mm-hmm. moment. Because you can't. You can't be anything other than then what you are right now. But then in practice in mindfulness, you do change, don't you? From moment to moment. Yeah. Yes. But not right in that but second. But not right in that yeah. second. So it might be an intention. You could have yeah. positive intentions to, to improve. And I suppose mm. that we all, um, on our mindful journey, the reason we call it a journey, the reason we're practicing is to improve in some way. Mm. Um, and we use affirmations and things as to kind of set that intention yeah, but they're always present yeah. moments yeah Positive. and it's only really opening ourselves to the understanding truth realities it's not about mm. changing who no, and what we are no. who and what we are will stay the same forever but our understanding of reality mm. can grow and change yeah so always do your best mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm not thinking that one fits quite as well. Not but quite as well. No. Okay. But isn't it interesting that, like, further back than you can ever imagine, mm. we're still kind of following the same principles, really. Yeah, yeah, maybe 1,500, 2,000 yeah. years ago, 
those agreements. But then, you know, Aristotle, you know, that's wow, 2,000 years yeah. ago, isn't it? So we're, 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 t- we're, we're de- delving into some ancient wisdom, mm. but perhaps there's a lot of truth in that ancient mm. wisdom. And what we think of as mindfulness, I, through the training that we experienced, had a kind of particular mindset, I suppose, even in terms of what mindfulness was and where mm. it came from and what its origins are. Uh, but actually, if something is a truth, if it's if it's a human condition, then other civilizations, other societies inevitably will see that for themselves, won't mm. they? And ultimately, when you come down to it, mindfulness is very much about being happy with yourself, isn't it? Being mm. happy and... Being the best yeah, you that you can be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, recognising that you are, you should be happy with yes. who you are. So I suppose every civilization going back in history, ultimately, they want mm. that, don't they, to be yeah. happy? I suppose as well, these ancient civilizations like the Toltecs were more spiritual. Yes, because definitely. spirituality, your relationship with gods and the universe and things was there in your everyday life. Mm. We, in our kind of secular society, our commercialized society, are constantly distancing ourselves from a spiritual life mm. and being told more about the material things that we should desire and that you know happiness comes from the things we see in advertisements yeah. and magazines and on the television and things it doesn't come from that sense of being part of something bigger than ourselves that we've mentioned mm. before does it that uh, you know it's, it's more hedonism it's, it's yeah. more immediate gratification yeah, uh, and it, it troubles me when I see people put not in no disrespect you just have you heard that it's beautiful but you know people who put a lot of conscious effort into their appearance mm. when your appearance however hard you try is going to diminish isn't it you know well, yeah. no one gets more young more beautiful apart from you Hayley you know <laughs> exception to the rule uh, so if your sense of self-worth happiness confidence comes from your appearance then you're never really going to achieve that happiness. You're going no. to be less and less happy as time yeah. goes on. And you're only striving for something that is... It's an impermanent yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, And similarly, if it's material things, you can't have those material things forever. And they will fade and diminish. The newest yeah. of new cars, the shiniest of new things will, will fade and break and grow old and not bring happiness. Mm. So to seek wisdom, perhaps, in these ancient civilizations is a... Is a wise yes. path, yeah. uh, and I, I I wanted to share with you just so I could keep saying Texas cattle, Texas the cattle, and now now what's in? So that's kind of so for me Texas the cattle <laughs> and my and my co-host Nana Watson. No, I better be I better be Nana Watson. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, you, yeah, you, you can be the looker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh no, no, that's good. That was interesting. Mm. Okay, well, as as ever, as ever, if you found this interesting as well, we'd like to hear from you. Hayley, who has a better memory than me, will tell you now how you can get in touch and share your thoughts. Okay, so as always, you can contact us on Facebook, where we are One Together CIC. You can email us at onetogethercic at gmail.com. Oh, we could, well, yeah, got to roll. Or we can go to the website, which is onetogethercic.co.uk. Excellent. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. But for now, this is Growing the Good, the Mindful Podcast, and we will see you next, next time. time. This is Growing the Good, the Mindful Podcast.